Open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 4. Now, there's something that I, I want to show you before we even begin concerning the gospel. Yes, yeah, yes, sir. I'll go ahead and do it right now. Hold your place there, but turn over to the book of Galatians. And look in the third chapter of the book of Galatians. There is a profound statement here. In fact, it is the gospel. It's the gospel of the whole Bible. I went through and underlined in red everywhere it said gospel and wrote this scripture out beside it. Verse 8, chapter 3, Galatians. The scripture, in the beginning was the word, the word is with God, and the word was God. Your Bible is God speaking to you, right? The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, the scripture God preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Oh, my brother and sister, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. The curse is gone. <laughs> been killed by the power of the living God and the resurrected Lord Jesus. Now then, let's go back over to Luke 4. Say the gospel. The, gospel. the blessing of the Lord. So, Luke 4, 18, as soon as I get back over there. Verse 16 Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah when he had opened the book. Now notice he opened it at a specific scripture. What you and I know is the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. He found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Whoa. Now we know what he was preaching and we know why it went so crosswise with, with the religious leaders of the day. Now, I want to point out something to you. These were not bad people. These people are serving God, particularly the Pharisees. I mean, they really had it right. They believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't, but they believed in the resurrection. They're not bad people. But this thing just went, just sawed crosswise of what they preached. They preached the curse. That's all they knew. Are you listening? Jesus came in 
preaching the gospel. He's preaching the blessing of Abraham. They're preaching the curse of the law. He's preaching the blessing of Abraham. And it upset everybody and everything except for the people. They heard it and just went wild over it. Thank you, Jesus. So now keep that in mind as we flow along with this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He hath sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. He hath sent me to preach recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent me to preach and set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the great jubilee, which is supernatural debt cancellation. Now back there at the very beginning of this ministry, when Gloria and I saw Romans 13, 8, owe no man anything but the loving. That wasn't even talking about money. I didn't know it at the time. You can't build a revelation and a doctrine on one verse of scripture. But boy, that got my attention and got Gloria's attention. We, we didn't understand that then. And I, we, we had to come back home. We were there in Tulsa and I was a student there at ORU. And we had come home to preach there in our home church there at Grace Temple. And I'm just studying from a, uh, from just reading the Bible for my, for my evening service. And I'm walking around and, and, and just had my Bible in my hand and read down through there, oh, no man, anything. What? Oh, I'll, I'll get the Amplified. It said, stay out of debt. <laughs> my f- feathers fell. There went my airplane. Just right out the door. She came in there. I'm still standing there in the middle of the bedroom in my dad's house. What had been my bedroom when I lived at home. I'm just still standing there. I got my finger on that. I said, look at this. She, and her face fell. There went her house. <laughs> I said, what are we going to do? She put her finger on that verse. She said, she, I mean, she looked at me the fire in her eyes. If that's what the book says, that's what we're going to do. I said, yes, ma'am. Here we go. Didn't have a clue. Amen. Now, here's what we learned. If you go into the curse of the law, you'll find debt under the curse. And when we got a hold of that, man, I thought, glory to God. So now, now I have a solid foundation on which to stand. Because I got more than, more than one witness, two or three witnesses. And it's established then in our lives. And we found out that the curse is threefold. Spiritual death 
poverty, which would include debt. When you understand literally what, what it's saying here, you will lend to many and borrow from none in the blessing. You will be the head and not the tail. Amen. But under the curse, it's just reversed. You will be the tail and not the head. Amen. So the blessing is threefold. Number one, eternal life. Number two, healing and deliverance. And number three, prosperity and a debt-free life. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, your heavenly Father and your and my Savior, our high priest, the receiver of our tithe, our Melchizedek, does not want any born-again human being in debt and obligated to anybody but him. Whoa, hallelujah. And he then is responsible and has provided it for the receiving. And it lays right in there what Jerry's talking about this morning. It's in seed time and harvest. And it's the way you measure it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I questioned the Lord. I, 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 this didn't make sense to me. I said, uh, doctors are wonderful and you're all for uh, medical science. I mean, God invented that. People didn't. Amen. I said, well, what's, what, why is it so out of line to go to a banker? Man like that he had you. He said, Kenneth, you don't have to enter covenant when you go to a doctor. But you have to bow your knee to somebody. Now, and it didn't look all that bad back in the days of the small banks and like Mr. McCandless, who's president of the state bank of East Fort Worth. And my dad banked there, wonderful Christian man, <laughs> and, and it was really good to me. But those days are gone, for the most part. The big conglomerate banks are in position now. And you don't know. See, when you enter into covenant with somebody, when you enter covenant with somebody, I'm talking about in the spirit. I don't care who they are. And you've entered into that covenant in order to receive something from them, receive money. Now, spiritually, you have joined yourself not only to that person, but to the spirits in his life. I know of a situation 
I know of it personally. A pastor of a large church owed money to the mafia. And they were about to break his legs because they were in, the, the, the church couldn't pay it. Well, there's no way that church is going to prosper financially. You've connected yourself to something. And they, and they were coming after him. And it ha- if, if it hadn't been for a very close friend, they would have hurt him really bad. It sure got quiet in this church. <laughs> but God delivered him. God delivered him. Hallelujah. And when he went home to be with the Lord, glory to God, he was in good shape spiritually. Amen. Now then, I wanted you to see that because of understanding the laws of the spirit. This thing is bigger spiritually than it can possibly be naturally. And everything we do or say, everything any human being does or says has spiritual complications. It has spiritual results. Nobody, nobody is sovereign unto himself or herself. Can't be. There's not God and the devil and then you. It don't work like that. You have never in your existence had an original thought. (laughs) No, (laughs) that thought has been thought 16,290 million trillion times (sighs) over the last five years. (laughs) No, no. Amen. All right, different stages of responsibility are involved also. Well, that's not my message, but the the Lord plugged that in there and it's very important. Now let's go back where we were. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, I need to mention this to you. Don't get under condemnation because you got debt. Laugh at it. Ha ha ha, you're gone. <laughs> don't, don't begin to confess, oh, I thank God I'm on my way to being debt free. No, no. You're not on your way to being debt free. By faith, you're debt free now. And you start confessing that. Get up in the morning. Glory to God, it's good to be debt free. Oh, I remember what it was like and people hounding me for money. No more. No more. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed from the curse of debt in the name of Jesus. And I'll never be in debt again hereafter forever in my life, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He closed the book, gave it again to the minister and sat down. 
The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, now this simply means he preached a message on this scripture. Now we can prove by the Bible that he preached, he took this text and preached it everywhere he went. And we'll see that later on. Now, it's just simple as this. It's same today. If you believed what he said, if you believed that he's anointed, then the anointing would flow. If you didn't, you didn't get anything. And I, he's proven this right here where he's preaching there in Nazareth. This is going to be proved out. Right here. Now watch this. He preached this message. <clears throat> All bear him witness and wondered at the gracious word. He's preaching the blessing. He's preaching the grace of God. God loves you. And I love you. And he's here to heal you and deliver you. I'm uh, Manasa Kolebuso, and I'm from Fiji. I was a high school teacher for 12 years. Uh, got a diploma of education from an university and then a bachelor's degree and then went out and taught in high schools. And God spoke to me in a dream, uh, which I never shared with anybody, even my wife, that God was calling me into ministry. And I hated that, to be honest, because I had other ambitions in life. I wanted to be a lawyer and get into politics. That was my plan. But cut the story short. I wrestled with God for two years over this. But you can't wrestle with God and win. Eventually, God called me out into full-time ministry. I resigned as from my teaching profession at the end of 1996. And on the 6th of January, 1997, Monday morning, 8 o'clock a.m., that's when I began full-time ministry. And since then, I've been full-time ministry and never regretted it. And not only that, I've heard about living by faith. Because I want, when I was a teacher, I mean, you get paid every fortnight. There's always money somewhere, or it's not in the bank account, it's there somewhere. But when I got into full-time ministry, my salary was 50% less than what I used to receive. And that was really a big faith exercise for me. I had to believe God here. See, I've, lived, I've heard about living by faith, not until I came to full-time ministry. And for three years, I really struggled with that. But at the same time, I enjoyed it because I saw how God provided when I needed it. And that was one of the biggest things that had changed my life. And the other thing that I know that has changed also in my life is my outlook of life, my perception of what life is, my perception of who God is and how great God is and how God can miraculously, you know, supernaturally intervene into a situation. I saw that on the first day. Yes, life was tough. The salary was down. But God miraculously intervened, supernaturally on a day-by-day -day basis. And I saw that and I said, man, this thing works. You can live by faith. And to be involved in a ministry like Copeland Ministry, where faith is taught, living by faith and actioning your faith through your work, uh, it has really helped me a lot. I can say for sure I have changed uh, from when I was a teacher 
and then I came into full-time ministry and really understood what faith is, that my job is not my source. The money that I'm getting is not my source. That the God I serve is my source. And that has really changed me a lot. I came thinking that I'll just come sit down and enjoy the ministry. You know, that times when involved in ministry, you're giving out, giving out, and giving out. So I was coming, all right, three, three days, I will just sit down, enjoy the ministry, and go back ready to unload. But when I came, and I was in the leaders' meeting on Monday, and I was sitting with the ushers and counselors coordinator, and when he gave his presentation, I asked him, when have you met? Have you met before the ushers met and counselors? And he said, no. Oh. So I believe that that was the moment I determined my heart. I need to stand in and help him. So now it's been a joy of my life just to get these people, the volunteers, 200 of them, almost 200, coming together on that Tuesday evening for the first time. And within two, three hours, we did the training, we did the briefing on how to fill the decision cards and everything and organizing them, positioning them, everything for the day sessions and also the evening session. And this is a joy, a joy and an honor and privilege to do this. One of the principles of life I always teach and believe in is one of the secrets of success in life is to make somebody else become successful. So if I want my ministry to be successful, if I can help make this a success, I believe my success is just around the corner. So I came expecting just to sit and enjoy not knowing that God had something else for me, that I would come and he would use me to help organize and plan things out. So it's a joy, a real joy just to be involved in one way or another and just be a blessing. I believe the fulfillment of the Great Commission cannot be done by any one single church or any single ministry. It will take the partnership of the whole church, taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And meaning the church and ministries like KCR, partnering together and in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, when they were out there and they had this big catch, it was that neck-breaking, boat-sinking catch. They had to wave to the partners. Waving to the partners, please come, let's handle this together. I believe in that so much, a lot. And even in the ministry that I am with, we believe and we treasure the partnership we have with the church and other ministries in advancing and extending the kingdom of God. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.